explain how the 49 steps works. It's based on the Sfirot. There's actually 10 Sfirot, the three higher ones. In fact, the highest one is something we don't even call a Sfirot, called Keter, called the crown. Then you have the three highest ones, called Chochma Binodat, which is where the word Chabad comes from. And then that's kind of what's going on in the spiritual executive reality. And then it funnels down to the seven lowest Sfirot. So if anyone's got a, a laptop with them, you can just type in Sfirot and have a look what it actually looks like because it's actually very fun, very powerful just to see the image of how um, the, this, the Sfirot actually look. So the, the seven lower ones starts with Chesed on the right, then Gvura, and then Tiferet. Then it goes down to Hod and Netzach, then Yesod and then Malchut. And the way it works is each one is connected to another. And therefore we have an interplay for 49 steps of an interplay of the Sfirot with each other. So sometimes the first day is always Chesed within Chesed, but then it goes to Chesed within Gvura. So tonight, anyone actually know what step we're doing? Anyone know? So only Anton probably knows, right? Or unless you've seen it from the, the email you've received. We're actually doing the 37th step tonight. So that means we've had 36 classes, right, on, on this. We're now on the 37th step. So we're connecting tonight we're in the, the realms of Yosot, which is, by the way, Kabbalist put, explained to me, the generation we're living in now is the generation of, of Yosot, Shebi Yosot. That's where we're in now. The chaos in the world, which unfolds, including the pandemic, is all part of the Yosot, Shebi Yosot era that we're in now. And tonight, Svirata Omer, who actually truly counting, I can't say it because now it's getting to a bit dark. So in London... I don't know if you're aware of it, actually, if you count too early, you can mess up the count. It's a fascinating mitzvah in the Torah, that only when it's dark, you meant to count one of the 49 days. So we're, we're now actually in the Sfirata Omer, in, in the realms of, of Hod going on now, which is, again, quite connected to HOD. But anyway, what I want to share with you is about the Zodiac, because... The zodiac system, which is really a lot of what, what the Sfirata is about, really is mind-blowing, my friends. Because I bet you think that Judaism doesn't do the zodiac. You know, Orthodox Judaism, we do the zodiac. What do you mean? We're not into the zodiac. That's, that's you know, others do that. It's kind of hocus-pocus. Surely we shouldn't be into astrology, etc., etc. And I've got news for you. It's actually really, really untrue. Kabbalah defines the zodiac, explains it. We're about to have the Yort site of Rabbi Shimon by Yochai. In the Zohar, he starts giving us some of the secrets of the zodiac. The zodiac very much affects every minute of every day. That's how Hashem relates to us via the zodiac. And we're now in, in the month of Iyar, which is the month of Taurus. So there goes something like this the, the, the zodiac. The Hebrew for the Zodiac is Mazal, is Mazal, and it's amazing. People say we don't do the Zodiac, yet when someone gets engaged, you wish someone Mazal Tov. So you're saying really a good Zodiac, the Mazalot, or the constellations, it's the Zodiac system. And it actually comes from a Hebrew word, Nozel, which means to flow. There's a flow. The way Hashem works is via the Sfirot, and via the pipelines, and via seven core planets, which orbit the earth, 
Every hour, a different one takes over. Hashem funnels down his providence, his hashkacha, his bounty, via the mazalot into us. Now, some, some of you may know the famous line, which is, Ein mazal Yisrael, that the Jewish people, the, it's, it's badly translated, like, Jews don't do the zodiac, but it does not mean that. And we're going to explain tonight how it doesn't mean that, what it actually means we're not constrained and limited by the zodiac like the other nations of the world. Because of the Torah, we have the power to change our mazal. We can change the mazal, but then you're changing from one mazal to the other. It's not that we're out of the system of the mazalot. It's like a plumbing system. Your water works because the plumbing around the corner from me, I live in Finchley Lane, around the corner in Hillview Gardens at the moment, is chaos because Thames Water is ripping up the roads to, to, to get to, to the water system. To get the water in your homes, it goes via pipes. That's the way it works. We don't say Jews in Mazal Li Israel means we don't have pipes connecting to us. Others wouldn't be alive. We're sustained the way Hashem sustains us. And interplays with us is via his pipes is via his shefas is via his mazalot it's just that we are not constrained by our mazalot and therefore that's why Maimonides for example says please don't go to an astrologer and don't speak to the astrologer and let and ask the astrologer what's going to be in your future that's super dangerous once when I was very sick my, my time when I had a very bad bout of ME and I was super sick and we were trying everything and anything and I went to this healer and the healer started going into an area he shouldn't have done by starting t telling me my future. And as soon as he did that, I'm like, no, 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 I'm out of it. That we don't do, you know. You can do some, give me some Reiki by all means. Give me a bit of energy, fantastic. Don't start playing games about my future because I'm a Jew and, and I try and keep the Torah. And that means who knows what's going to be. We're not constrained by the horoscopes that we're born with. We can change. There's many ways to change the mazal. One way to change the mazal is to change one's name. I've got a student that, in fact, quite a, quite a few students, that things weren't going well. And really tonight, I really want to give you the gift that if you're looking for a certain salvation in a certain area, I'm going to try and help you to, to tune you in to how the mazalot work and to allow you to please God access that bounty in a way that maybe prior to tonight you weren't able to access to give you, please God, more joy and more, more bounty in your life via the, via Hashem, via the Mazalot. So anyway, as I said, I went to the healer and he starts telling me what's going to be in the future. And that was it. My, my rabbi said I can't go back to him because he's, he's coming from, from, a, from, from not, not, not very much a kosher place. We've got to go from, to a kosher place. So let me explain how it works. It's going to be quite a deep class tonight, and maybe even step one, I'd like you to do a bit of work. I'm sorry to, to ask you to do a bit of work. I know people like to make the rabbi do the work, and you sit back and be entertained. But I, just for you to get the most out of it, I'd love to give you the gift of telling you tonight your A, your Hebrew birthday, and therefore your zodiac sign that maybe is different to the one you thought you had coming in tonight. My wife, before she met me, thought she was Aries all her life until she met me and then not only did I give her a ring, I gave her a different zodiac sign because her Hebrew, her Hebrew month is actually ER, and in ER you're Taurus. So people who are born on the cusp sometimes actually have two signs. They have the solar sign, but they have the lunar sign. And as Jewish people, very much therefore 
follow the lunar sign and that's your real sign. Your real sign is your moon sign. And therefore those, you need to know your Hebrew birthday and I'll let you know then we'll work it out what therefore your zodiac is. And what we'll do at the end tonight, which I really hope you'll stay with me for, we're going to give you like a reading for those who want. You don't have to, for those who want, and really connect to, based on, we're going to try and work out the hour you were born, if you've got it, so which was the prominent planet that was orbiting the Earth at that moment you were born, which will make an impact into your personality type, will we'll, we'll give you some of the gifts of what your month symbolizes, and, and, and it's quite a powerful idea. So if you can go to a website called HebrewCal.com, H-E-B-C-A-L.com, I'm sure... Like the, the men might struggle with this, um, being able to do two things at once. I know we, we struggle with things like that, but see if you can, right? But, but find a way to go to hhebcal.com, hebrewcalendar.com, and go to Jewish Date Converter. Log on to Jewish Date Converter. Put in your birthday. Put in your, your date of birth. Put in... If it was before or after sunset, we need to know that. If you don't know, please try and message someone in your family that might know, if you can. If not, then we'll have a little bit of a doubt which of the days it could be. And therefore, if you're really on a Rosh Chodesh, we might not be able to tell you your month. So it is ideal if you know if you were before or after sunset. By the way, Anton, who's driving, please don't do this yet. All right. I want you to get home safely, my friend. Right. I don't want you to be um, listening and Googling as, as we speak. So... Mr. Tepper should do this when he gets home. For everyone else who's not driving, please do this as soon as, soon as possible. Because then at the end, I'm going to ask you, for those who want to join into that, what your Hebrew birthday is. And we'll give you a bit of a reading from there. But a few, a few points before we get into it. Number one. There's, and this blew my mind when I started studying it. See, when you start studying Kabbalah, it starts telling you the secrets of how the system works, which is fascinating. And everything really works based on letters, based on speech. When it says in the Torah, Vayoma Hashem Yihiyar, and Hashem said, let there be light. And then there's light. It's not a joke. It's not poetic. It's not a bit of Shakespeare. It's literal. Part of the process of creation, of emanation, is when Hashem speaks, it creates reality. There's a, again, I love quoting Rabbi Shimon Bayochai this week. It says, Yotzite. So we should hear, be Le'ilo Nishmas Rabbi Shimon Bayochai. And we should receive merits in his merits. We should all receive tremendous Yeshuas and salvations. He writes that, Which means, Hashem looked into the Torah and created the world. Hashem looked into the Torah and created the world, meaning that the Torah is a kind of projector and we are a projection. So everything that comes out in reality is based in the Torah. So those who were with me last Wednesday night when we discussed the Jewish view of the afterlife, we explained that's the reason it doesn't say the world to come in the Torah, because if it would say the world to come in the Torah, we'd have to realize it in this world and we don't want to realize life after death in this world. It's kind of um, an oxymoron. It's not going to work. So it's one of the reasons that the world to come isn't explicit in the Torah, because then it would have to be explicit in this world, which obviously can't work. And therefore, everything in the Torah is, is a source of reality. So much so 
that the mystics explain that actually the letters of Hashem's name are all sources of reality. The letters of Hashem's name are sources of reality. And this absolutely blew my mind. And anybody who wants to, the copy of this, I'm happy to send you a photocopy afterwards. So you can message me on Facebook or now on Instagram. My email is avihill248 at gmail.com. And if anyone wants a, a photocopy of this, I can send you. But the great Kabbalist, the Bnei Yisoskar, writes that every month has its own formulation of Hashem's name. The core name of Yud and the Hay and the Vav and the Hay. Every month has a slightly different computation, which therefore changes the Mazar and changes the energy. So this is the copy that I'll show you, right, that I'll send to you if anybody who wants. These kind of scissors, it's actually always in these scissors, right? These siddurim here, you can always find them in these kind of siddurim. Like the more Hasidish Nusak Sfad siddurim has them because it's part of Rosh Chodesh Davening. Because what the Kabbalists say you're meant to do to receive the best level of energy, of good energy of that month, is when you say Musaf on Rosh Chodesh, then you're meant, when you say Baruch Atah Hashem, Mekadesh Yisrael for Hashem Hashem, when you say Hashem, Right When you say the Yudke and the Vovke, you're meant to look actually at the correct computation of Hashem's name that, that month. So this month, the month of Iyar, nice to see you, Ariella, and Larry as well, Miami, nice to see you. We've got Miami tonight We're in the house. We've got Turkey in the house, Berda. Thank you so much for joining us from, from Turkey. We're literally all around the world tonight. So in Iyar, this is, the, and you might you want to write, write this down, it's Yud and Hey, Hey Vov. That is how this month is formulated. Yud, hey, hey, vov. And I'll tell you how deep that is. So in other words, the energy, the mazal, goes via the pipelines. Yud, hey, hey, vov. Now, why is that interesting? Because when things are at its best, at its smoothest, at its most compassionate, at its most merciful, because yud and then hey and vov and hey is the name of Hashem for mercy. So Nisan, that's actually the way Hashem's letters appear in Nisan. That's why Nisan is such a wonderful month. Aries is, the, is, the, is, is spring, it's freedom, it's beginnings, it's, it's a new start, it's a blessing coming from nowhere, it's an undeserved gift. This month, the first half of the month, and that's how the way the letters work, the first two letters refer to the first half of the month, and the second two letters refer to the second half of the month. And we're just now going in to the second half of the month. The moon's now at its largest in, around the world. So now we're, we're venturing into the second half of the month. So we've just finished the yud Hey part of this month. And now we're going into the hey vov which means it's the opposite way. So my dear friends, expect a little bit of a balagan over the next couple of weeks. Expect things not to go super smoothly. This isn't the time for smoothness. So let's explain a little bit more. Taurus, which is this month, E-R, it's all about being the bull. It's about being tenacious, being determined. Nissan is a free gift from Hashem. It's the, it's the falling in love phase. Everything's amazing. It's like, wow, where does that come from? It's that first phase of love. We just got freed from Egypt. Un, undeserved. That's Nissan. Miracles. means miracles. ER means actually healing means Anochi Hashem Rufecha. It means I am Hashem who will heal you. It's referring to taking that inspiration of Pesach and now the Sfirat Ta'omer. Nice to see you, Johnny. Now counting 
day in, day out, climbing, climbing, climbing. And I'll tell you what happens. So uh, I'll give you a little parable. This afternoon, Rabbi Hill wanted to fulfill the mitzvah of the Torah of looking after his body, doing some fitness, right? So because I'm getting really old now and, and I'm really unfit, the only sport I can manage is golf, right? Which, by the way, is still, you know, four hours walking hard. So the first two hours, it was, you know, I was there, you know, like I was like aching a bit. But then the new golf I'm playing now in Mill Hill Golf Club, that it goes all of a sudden, you start having to walk up hills. It's a bit like, it's a bit like Augusta, the last holes, where they're having a bit of a laugh. Everything's uphill. And it's like, you know, all of a sudden, things are getting harder and harder. And I think it was the 15th, I was thinking, how, I don't know if I can get there. I literally didn't know how, how I was going to make it up the hill because I was getting, you know, weaker and weaker. And Hashem was kind of testing me more and had to be more tenacious and more determined and more determined. That, in a way, is the last two weeks of ER. And by the way, then when you make it, when you're tenacious and determined and you find a bit of Dutch courage and, and, and you get stuck in and you don't give up and you just keep on plowing through. And by the way, the Chazanish says you're meant to run. The Chazanish says the difference between downhill and uphill is attitude. Really interesting, right? And therefore, sometimes I just, I run up the hill. I just wasn't able to today. There was no chance, right? But, but at least I made it to sit, tell the tale, meaning don't give up. My, my guess will be over the next coming of week, the next couple of weeks, there'll be times where you're thinking, this is getting harder. This is getting tougher. How am I going to get through this? And I would really recommend this is the time to be the bull of ER, which is the month of ER. Now you've got to get the real work in. And then it's amazing if you can keep going and be tenacious and be determined and be focused and have emunah and hold on and keep pulling through, then you get to Sivan. Then you get to Gemini, which is the giving of the Torah, which is Hashem is going to give you the Torah because you've earned it. It's really, really fascinating that Pesach, I would say the vast majority of the Jewish world, however secular many are, they're keeping Seder night. Everyone's doing a Seder night. Isn't that interesting? Everyone's doing a Seder night. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, religious, secular, orthodox, reform, Mazorti, everyone's doing a Seder night. But isn't it interesting? Shavuos is like, instead of calling Shavuot, they call it Shavuot. Most people don't keep Shavuot at all. They don't even know it exists. And I, it's fascinating because I think it's a, it's a greater festival than Pesach in a sense. It's the, it's, the, it's the marriage with Hashem. We in a sense only can have the mitzvah of eating matzah on Pesach because we received the Torah. If we wouldn't have received the Torah on Shavuot, we wouldn't have mitzvah of Pesach. We wouldn't have Rosh Hashanah, we wouldn't have Yom Kippur. The three big days that many Jewish people go and, and celebrate on Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Pesach, we would, we'd only celebrate because of Shavuos. But the mystical secret why that is, is because Pesach is a free gift for everybody, irrespective if you put the work in. But Shavuos, you only get the gift. What's called the Arizos, you only get the Moichin. There's these... There's these Sparks of higher consciousness that Hashem will bring us, but only if we deserve it. Those sparks of higher consciousness called Godless the Mochim, Katnas the Mochim, we receive on Pesach for free. You get it. It's there for you. Shavuos, you only get it if you've earned it, if you've won it, if you've put some effort in. 
And the real work of effort is this the month of the bull. And therefore, often in business, this is now where, as Larry's taught me this word, the grind, this is where you, you, you put in the grind. And, and, and I would just go and venture to say sometimes in a marriage, this is where a lot of people make a mistake. It gets to like a bit of a tough time. Things aren't so smooth. Things aren't feeling the flow. And people make a terrible mistake. Sometimes they say, oh, maybe I'm not in love anymore. Okay, let's give up. Let's just give up on it. Let's maybe get divorced. Divorce is too easy. Obviously, there, needs to, there are times when someone needs to get divorced. But in my experience, that they are the exceptional cases. They are in the minority. Many times, you're just meant to keep putting the work in, keep giving, keep giving, keep giving. And then it's even better than it was before because then you've worked through the grind. Then you've earned that love which is then coming. And I would say the same for my dear students who are singles. That sometimes when you're in a, having a, you're in a relationship, often the first part of the relationship is the Nissan phase. It's beautiful, it's exciting, it's gorgeous. And then it goes to the ER phase where you've got to put the work in and then people don't like work. So like, nah, I'm not really in love anymore. A, you were never in love to start off with. That wasn't love, that was lust, that was something else. B, Dafka, if you keep on plowing forwards and put the work in, that's the way to earn love. That's the way to earn the magic. That's the way to earn real success. This Nissan ER Sivan is a very important microcosm of how reality works. And that's, as we said, based on this Yud Hey Hey Vov, which is this month. One other thing before I start going into to, to the, to the main course. As I said, there's different ways to change your mazal. There's different ways to change your mazal, meaning change your flow. So one way is actually to change your name. As I was saying earlier, I've got many students who actually by changing their name, there was a girl that was very, very ill, really, really ill, and nothing was working, nothing was working, and it was getting very serious, and she was sectioned, and she was suicidal, and the parents were worried she wasn't gonna make it, and we said, I think it's time to change the name. And we changed the name and we put in the word Rina, which is joy and singing and happiness. And thank God, a huge shift happened very soon after. A year later, she actually got married. Amazing, amazing transformation. Mashana Shane, Mashana Mam. By the way, we see it in the Torah. I'm just not making up mumbo jumbo here. It says, Avram and Sarai couldn't have children. And Hashem, so we're going to see soon, says, okay, we need to change your name. Avraham. Abraham was given the hay. Sarai was also given the hay. Again, the letters of Hashem's name. It's not a coincidence. Where the hay is plays a huge impact on, on the bounty coming into us. But by the way, the name change is very dramatic. My Rabbi Rav Hillel really doesn't like it unless it's exceptional circumstances. Because as he puts it, that's your spiritual passport in Ganeden, your name. So like, it's not that easy to change your passport. Be very careful before you change it. So it's got to be really drastic, normally health reasons, crisis, real health crisis are the reasons to change one's name. Um, but there's another way, not so drastic. It's as simple as Meshane Mokoim Meshane Muzzle, which means you change your location, you can change your muzzle. So any of you are having really bad muzzle right now, maybe at work, nothing's going for you, nothing's going for you, nothing's going for you. And you've tried kind of everything. One thing, it might be a bit drastic, but it depends if you really love where you live. But even just to change your house, 
This doesn't mean even your country. Your country's better, by the way. It's obviously better to go to Israel from a spiritual perspective, if you can. But to even to change a country, there's a different energy in every country. There's a different mazal. Even your house, just to change your house. Someone I knew was having a lot of miscarriages in a house. Like really kind of tragic. She fell down the stairs one time. Awful, awful stories. And the capitalist said, get out of the house. It's not a good house. Bad energy. Who knows which spirits are still there causing you grief. Get out the house. So another way to receive better energy is what's called Mashana Mokoim, to change your location. So you can either change your location. You can't obviously change when you were born. But where we're going to get to, and this is now what we're going to go into, the moment that you were born is exactly when Hashem wanted you to be born. Even people who were born early. You know, whether it be um, caesareans and, and, you know, Moshe Rabbeinu was born after six months. He was born premature. You think it's stum? It's very, very deep how he was born. I'm not going to go into it now, but he was born exactly the moment he was meant to be born. Each one of you listening to the talk tonight was born to the minute, to the second, the moment you needed to be born. And the way it works, and I, obviously I can't really understand, kind of, when kind of we launched into the physical world, that defines your muzzle. The pipeline starts, starts, you know, augmenting towards you and a certain shefa comes into you. So therefore the planet that you were born with, the prominent planet is going to play an impact. The month is going to play an impact. The hour, the day of the week we're going to see soon is going to play an impact. So that's really what we're referring to. We're not talking about your horoscopes. Don't get me wrong. The Kabbalistic version of the Zodiac is not about horoscopes. It's about, actually, personality types. It's about gaining the bounty that that mazal is giving to you. So, for example, those poor people born. It goes like this. There's four elements. Fire, earth, air, and water. Which, by the way, corresponds to cities in Israel. I don't know if you're aware. The kind of a spiritual root. The nuclear spiritual center is for fire Yerushalayim Jerusalem is, is Aish then it goes earth which is Hebron where Abraham understood the entrance to Gan Eden the, the gateway to Gan Eden I spoke on Wednesday night people who have near-death experiences often say they go via a cave many Kabbalists say that cave is the cave of Machpelah that that's the entrance to Gan Eden we all go there when we get there. That's the earth element. Then it goes air. The air city is Tzfat. Tzfat. Why the Arizal is there, the origin really of, you know, the Arizal. When he was in Egypt, he was told by Hashem, you've got to go to Tzfat. Only when you're in Tzfat are you going to be really allowed to reveal Kabbalah. And, he had to, and by the way, therefore, this... Thursday night, Rabbi Shimon Bayochai, he's buried in Meron, which is overlooking Tzfat. Just overlooking Tzfat. So almost like his presence overlooks, which is also fascinating because it's also next to Tiberias. Because Tiberia is the fourth city, which is water. Which is, which is the element of water is rooted in Tiberia. In Tiberias. Now, the way it works, therefore, is the 12 months goes fire, earth, air, water. So we start Nissan, Aries. Er, Taurus, Earth, 
Sivan, Gemini, Air, Tzfas, and then Tamas, which is my month, which is Cancer in the Zodiac, which is water, which is Tiberius. And then, then we continue. Then you have Av. We go back to fire again. So Av is Leo, anyone who's born in the month of Av. So you can start cheating now if you can see, if you know the month you were born in. I hope you're writing this down. So if you're in Av, it's Leo. Elul is Virgo. Tishri is Libra, which is an air sign. Back to air. Heshvan is the final one, water again, which is Scorpio. Then we have back to fire, Kislev, Sagittarius. Right, we have Sagittarius and Kislev. Then Tevet, Capricorn, Earth. Shvat, Aquarius, not water, but air. Just because it's called Aquarius, people think aqua, it's water, it's actually not. It's an air sign. And finally, Pisces, which is the water sign. Dagim, we call it in Hebrew, fish, which is really interesting, which we'll see what we can go into. Now. Therefore, why it's relevant is not that if you go to the back of certain magazines and say, this week, because you're a Scorpio, you're going to meet a tall, dark stranger. Trust me, everyone in Tel Aviv is meeting tall, dark strangers, right? So, so that's not the way, you know, I wouldn't pay any credence to that. But what I would pay credence to is try and work out how it affects your personality type, meaning. So someone who's got a Nissan, anyone who's born Nissan or Aries for that, or Leo as well, for example, they're normally extreme, they're normally a bit of extroverts, they are out-of-the-box thinkers, they're pioneers, quite fiery, it's a fire sign, the fire signs are normally super-duper fiery. By the way, I really, really recommend that, unless you're married to two fire signs together, then I recommend you stay married and have a lot of beautiful simcha in your life, but if you're single and you're looking to not be single anymore, and you're either a Leo and an Aries, maybe speak to me first before you get married to a Leo and Aries because it's a little bit explosive if you have these two crazy fire signs. Which, by the way, something really interesting. Such a fascinating difference between the Torah view of marriage and the secular view of marriage. If you speak to astrologers, they'll, the secular astrologers will often say that you should be looking for a sign which is similar to you, for you to have the easiest relationship. So, for example, they do like Leo and Aries together because you'll get each other, you'll mirror each other, understand each other. Someone like myself, which is a Cancer, which is like a romantic, emotional, mushy sign, often they put Cancer people with other romantic, mushy criers like me, right? But in Kabbalah, we say, mm-mm, that's way too easy. We're not here for things to be easy. We're here to get out the comfort zone. We're here the opposites attract. Avraham, who's chesed, marry Sarah who's Gevura. Rebecca, who's Chesed, marries Yitzchak, who's Gevura. We, 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 we go for opposites. And therefore, someone like myself, who's Cancer, what does Hashem say? I want to give you a nice Stanford, Stanford Hill girl, who's Taurus, not even Nissan, but actually Taurus, who couldn't be more opposite to me than she tried. You know, she's probably fast asleep right now, as she is really, I'm a night person and a night owl, and, 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 and she's definitely not. I like the music up, she likes the music down. I'm really, really really messy and she's extremely tidy like my poor wife just a few weeks after we got married she said Avi I can't sleep I said I said what's wrong darling and she said your socks are on the floor 
And I'm like, yeah, I know. That's where they've been for the past 21 years. That's, that's cool. And she goes, no, 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 no. I can't sleep with your socks. I said, they're not making noise. They're not playing like rock and roll. They're like, they're, they're cool. They're like, they're like sleeping. And at that moment, I realized my life was going to change forever, forever. Because that was kind of a microcosm. That, that was kind of a microcosm of, of how opposites attract. And Hashem wanted me to come out of my comfort zone and not stay in the comfort zone of Avi Hill anymore. And now Avi and Leah Hill means that I've got to do things that I can't naturally do. So I thought, you know, we are, I often still say probably lepers don't change their spots. But actually in, in Judaism, we say we're meant to grow. We're here to grow. We're here to change. We're here to evolve. We're here to get out of our comfort zone. We're here to find the Derech Yishara, the middle path. We're here to overcome our natural tendencies and learn to take ownership over our mazalot. And this is the key thing I want to share with you. There's not one mazal which is good or bad. There's no such thing as I'm in a good month. Some people say to me, oh, I've got a great month. You've all got an amazing month because you've got the month exactly what you needed to fulfill your mission in this world. You see, that reason explains that each one of us has a unique soul, which has a unique light, which is meant to illuminate the world. And therefore you're given your parents that you need to illuminate your light. You're given the hour that you were born to illuminate your light. Because, for example, some of you needed the sun to be orbiting the earth at that time. Some of you needed the moon. Some of you needed Mercury, etc., etc. And... And therefore, and, and, and it's a really important point, there's no such thing as good and ma bad mazal. It's up to you. Free will declares, defines how you use maz your mazal. Mazal is almost like a keli. It's an instrument. It's like a pen. You know, you could do beautiful writing with this pen. You could, if you were Shakespeare with this pen, you know, you're writing masterpiece or if you're if you're a violent thug you can take this pen and probably do damage to people and really really hurt people with this pen you know you could probably do what i did i think when i was very young i started scribbling the walls my mom was not happy at all and they really please don't judge me right but but it's up to you what you do with the gift that hashem's going to give you i see a quick question has come in from crystal one second but isn't there also fixed and cardinal signs? So Cancer is cardinal water and Aries is card. So Cancer and Aries match well in that sense. Yeah, in, the, in that sense, because again, they're opposites. But my point, Crystal, is that you'll see Kabbalistic astrology has a very different criteria for a soulmate than secular astrology based on, we say, opposites attract. We say we're here to grow. We're not here for things to be easy. Life isn't meant to be selfish and self-indulgent and just more of the same. Why get married if you want, you know, if you're enjoying your own company so much? It's kind of selfish to marry someone who's identical to you. Often it's the funniest thing because I do a lot of work with singles, as some of you might know. And I'll often say to, to, to my students who are single, so tell me, what are you looking for? You know, describe to me what you're looking for. And they start describing, I want someone who's creative, who likes to travel, who likes animals. And I say, and it's always, I say, thank you so much. You described yourself. Thank you for describing yourself. Now let's start thinking, if you were like kind of a CEO of a company, what would you look to bring in a new partner to partner you on that company? You're not going to look for... For, um, we're not going to look 
you know, for, for it is amazing. Ariella said a beautiful question to me. She's asked, so I got a bit diverted. Ariella's asked me on Facebook. She says, I heard in Judaism that air and air are recommended. And air and water not recommended. So you're absolutely right, because why? Well, that's a lot I haven't said yet. But for example, with the air signs, that's the exception to the rule. Because, for example, you take Gemini, which we're about to have in Sivan. It's the twins. By the way, those twins, you know who they are? Do you know who those twins are? The Kabbalists say they're Moshe and Aaron. They're Moses and Aaron. Which in the Kabbalistic sphere said Netzach and Hod. It's Moshe and Aaron. And, and, and anyone, I don't know if any of you are Gemini, but the, what really defines Gemini is almost this kind of schizo approach. There's this two of you. There's kind of, kind of really an extreme. There's like a higher and lower of you. There's a, um, it's fascinating. It's really, really fascinating. There's like the, almost the introvert and extrovert side. They're very, there's really both Gemini and especially Libra have two sides to them. So the Kabbalists say they are two signs that can really go well with each other because they already have that balance. They already have a duality to them. They're not as like me, who's cancer, who's like very much in a lane. I'm very much into this kind of emotional, empathetic lane following my heart. Whereas Gemini and Air actually have a lot more vastness, a lot more complexity almost to them. So that's why they're actually two signs that can go well with each other. So thank you for pointing that out, Ariella, that both the air signs do go with each other. Okay, cool. So let me go into this. So if anyone's interested in seeing this, this is basically the Talmud in Shabbat in page 129b, which is really where a lot of this is from. And the Talmud explains, and by the way, it's unbelievable. The Talmud was written in the Hebrew year 4,260 was the final year that Rav Ashi redacted the Talmud. So we're talking about 1,500 years ago. I'd like you to go and find out when real astrology started really kicking off, when, when a lot of people understood about astrology. It was way after this, way after this. You know, we were so ahead of its time. That's why I laugh when people say Judaism doesn't do the Zodiac. Are you joking? We were the first ones to write about it in, in, in depth. In fact, Abraham wrote about it in the book Sefi Yitzirah for crying out loud. And he was born in the year 1948. He was the first one to feel out the difference of the energy. So anyway, this explains which hour you were born, which planet is orbiting the Earth. So for example, over here, I'm sure you can't see it, but it will say on Shabbos, for example... You had hour one, which is 12, which is 1 a.m., which is, you know, 12 a.m. to 1 a.m. It's Mars is the first on Shabbos. And then the sun and then Venus and then Mercury and the moon, Saturn and Jupiter. And it gives you the whole order of every single hour of every single week, which planet is orbiting the Earth. So to give you an accurate reading, I'm going to ideally want to know exactly what time you were born as well. So if you can find that out, that could be nice. If you don't, then you don't. Oh, let me read to you what the Talmud says, though. Let me, let me quote you the Talmud. It says the following. It says, it's not the celestial sign of the day that influences a man's nature. It's rather the celestial sign that dominates at the hour of one's birth that influences a man's nature. And therefore it says, he who is born during the hour of the sun, he will be a person of lustrous appearance. He will eat of his own food, drink of his own beverages. But his secrets will be revealed to all. If he attempts to steal, he won't be successful, Baruch Hashem. Right? But it's a really fascinating piece of Talmud. Then it says Venus, that's good for, for money, for wealth. Uh, Mercury is good for wisdom. 
Moon is good for ordeals and challenges and and it says he would have to eat food that is not his own and drink beverages that are not his own, but his secrets will remain concealed, whatever that means. Tragically, then it does say if he attempts to steal, he will succeed again, whatever that means. Then during Saturn, the hour of Saturn will be a man whose every plan comes to naught. But some say every plan that's plotted against him also comes to naught. Jupiter is righteous. If I was going to pick a sign, that would be a nice one, right? That would be a cool one. Jupiter is Tzedek. And by the way, the, the, the planet called Jupiter is called Tzedek. And that's the name of Tzedek. So you see now the connection between the zodiac and how we speak. That Tzedek comes from the word Tzedek. So then often born in the hour of Jupiter. And finally, the hour of Mars. Is, this is the famous one that many, maybe of you might have heard. It will be, it says the Gemara, will be a man who spills blood. But whether he becomes a doctor or a thief or a butcher or a farmer depends on him. And my friends, this really sums it up. Because every month, it's up to you what you do with your sign. You can use it to get closer to Hashem. Or God forbid, you can get use it to get further from Hashem. You can use it to give. You can use it to take. You can use it to be self-indulgent. You can use it to be selfless. It's up to you what you do with it. There's no such thing as a good sign or a bad sign. As Darizal says, it's perfectly orchestrated for you. It's just now with your free will how you're going to use that. And by the way, that's why anyone has a birthday, when it's your birthday, maximize it. It's really funny because often on a birthday, it's like a day like you're getting cards and you want some presents, but actually it should be the other way around. It's a day where it's your mazal, meaning you have tremendous success that day. So maximize it. Send out maybe ambitious emails you wouldn't normally send out. Um, give people blessings. You've got the power of a blessing that day on your birthday. Because that's your mazal. You know, you, there's an incredible flow coming to you. You know, unbeknown to my son when he made his wedding arrangements, in the end, his wedding day was on his birthday. And, he, you know, and it was really beautiful. Because, because that, that's, you know, where he's, he had great mazal. So he had double mazal. Obviously, it doesn't really, chaval now for him is the same day. Saves us buying, getting only one card, anniversary and a birthday card. But on the other hand, it really means that there's this explosion of mazal on the day of your birth. It's not stam. It's not stam. If you want to look, look more about how the Zodiac works, the book Derech Hashem, Way of God, speaks a lot about it. It just, yeah, explains how, how that's how Hashem influences the world. So you can find it in the Way of God. Then I want to share with you something very deep now. So... By the way, he said about Abraham, not only did Hashem change the letter of Abraham's name, amazing that the Talmud writes, let's see if I can give you the quote. I think it's in Shabbat, but if you want, I'll let you know later. Listen to the Gemara says, he says, go out of your astrology. It says, get out of your horoscope, Hashem says to Avraham. Ain't mazal Yisrael, you're not constrained by the mazal you were born with. He says, what do you suppose that Jupiter, again, Avraham, who's the tzaddik, is born in Jupiter? in whose hour you were born is situated in the West and you are therefore infertile, I will simply move it around and situate it in the East. And that's the meaning of the Posuk who awoke Sedek from the East. He summoned it because of Abraham. Amazing verse. Meaning when we change our letters of our name, Hashem has now to change planets, which may be another reason Raphael says, are you sure you want to change your name? Because like there's a lot of stuff that's going to be going down by just changing your name. So maybe rather... Don't change your name. Now, a beautiful piece of Talmud coming up. 
which really, again, explains how we're not constrained by your mazal. So please, again, don't go get your tarot cards read. Don't go to astrologers. If you do, you should do teshuvah. You should do repentance. You don't have to believe what you heard because you're Jewish and you have free will and anything can happen. Ain mazal Israel. Because we can do teshuvah. So, so, for example, I'll give you the few stories in the Gemara. Instant number one, story with Shmua. To prove Ein Mazal Yisrael. What happened? It says Shmuel and Avlet were sitting together. And some men were going to, to um, swamp to, to cut some reeds. Avlet said to Shmuel, this man will go, but he won't come back. He's going to die there. He's not coming back. I can see in his horoscopes. It's all over for him. But this man will go and come back. A snake will bite him and he'll die. But Shmuel says to him, but no, if he's Jewish, he will go and come. While Shmuel and Avlet were sitting there, the man went back and came. Avlet stood, and so he came back. Avlet could see, according to his horoscopes, he was going to die. And yet he came back. So what happened? Avlet stood up and threw off the man's pack of reeds. He found amidst the reeds a snake that had been cut into two pieces. Shmuel said to the man, what have you done that made you worthy of escaping death? He said to him, every day we throw our bread together in one basket and eat it. Today I realized that one of us didn't have any bread to throw in and he was growing embarrassed. So I told them all, I'm going to get up and collect the bread today. When I reached that person, I pretended to take something from him and made up the difference with my own bread. So he shouldn't become embarrassed. Shmuel said, oh, charity saves from death. Isn't that amazing? That means you, avoid, you can avoid someone's embarrassment. That can change your mazal forever. We have no idea the power. Bit of charity, just a bit of charity. You know, there was a guy, it's, I tell you an amazing thing. You know, lately I've only been using credit cards. So I've, I've only been cashless, like the White Hart Lane Stadium, right? It's a cashless stadium, right? We just use credit cards. So lately me and my wife have just been going on with credit cards. And that works apart from charity. So when the, the Arizal says, whenever you pray, before you pray, give some charity. Give him a few pennies, just some pennies. So I'm like, on yesterday, I was like, I went to my, to my mincha. And I'm like, oh, I don't have any, what am I going to do? I've got no pennies. Got nothing, got no money on me. And what was really cool... So I came out of Mincha, and that in my thought, there was this guy who was very sad at the end of the show, who had a whole letter of all the troubles and, and struggles of his life. And what was, when he asked me to help, he took out a credit card machine. He had actually, he had his credit card machine there. So I was able to, to, to give charity with my credit card after show. So I shame on to my prayers. And it's, it's a very clever idea. Anton, if you're listening, if you want to raise money for HOD, have a, your own credit card machine to go around in. So, but just the idea of being able to help someone, we have no idea the spiritual magnificence of that. So, so David, the idea is when you give, we're going to, we're going to a davening, David's asking why to give charity before davening, because we're going to Hashem with our hands out. We're saying, Hashem, please can I have X? Please can I have Y? Please can you help, 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 help? It says Hashem Tzilcha, Hashem is your shadow. It says Hashem will connect to you the way you connect to Him. First and foremost, you give. You be given. In fact, the Arizal says the best time to give, the best time to give the charity is actually in the morning before Baruchu when we say the words, you're in charge of everything. You're meant to give three coins at that point, says the Arizal. And it's basically, it's obvious. You're asking for Hashem to give. He's going to say, what are you like as a giver? 
And, and by the way, Rabbi Destler says every time you put your hands in your pocket or now my hands in my wallet and give the credit card, it, it changes you. It erodes your ego every time you get closer to Hashem, every time you become more of a giver. So that's why it's actually better to give a lot of times, a small amount, than one big amount just ever so often. Ironically, Rabbi Esther says, just keep on giving every day. Hands in your pocket. Give, 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 give. Just learn to become a giver. Anyway, so that's one thing that can change your muscle. But the next story is even more powerful and it's very poignant to today because this is the time of the sphere where we're mourning and my beard's a little bit longer than normal because of Rabbi Kiva's 24,000 students that died in a pandemic during this time. Which, by the way, just that word pandemic, just have to share with you something. So this month, for example, is called Iyar, which is Anochi Hashem Refecha. It's a very good time for healing. Yet my father passed away in Iyar. So, as my mum said, didn't heal him, one. Two, all the thousands that are dying every day in India right now. It's only getting worse right now. Mr. Hashem Hashem should, 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 should change. You know, it's, and, and one of the words for pandemic is called nega. And the Kabbalists say, you're meant to say in your prayers, Hashem, change the nega to oneg. Those three letters. Again, what I'm trying to share with you tonight, how Kabbalah works, is through lettering. Reality changes through letters. So it says that, that, that when you pray, just by changing the letters of words, changes reality. So let's change it from nega to oneg, which means joy and delight. So that's what we should be praying, that, that the pandemic should end all over the world. But my point is the following. That even though generally there's an energy of the mazal, there's often exceptions, my friends. There's often exceptions. So, for example, during a pandemic, there's huge exceptions to the normal run-of-the-mill mazalot. Everything goes on hold, potentially. What normally is a good month might not necessarily be a good month. What normally could be a healing month won't necessarily be... Normally, for example, if you do lots of mitzvahs, and, and you, you can be protected. But that doesn't work during a pandemic. There was a famous story of that's why it was, it's wrong for people when, especially a few months ago, when it was at its worst, for people still to be going on doing Jewish rituals as if there was no pandemic. There was a famous story in, in Tzfat, in Tiberias, where there was a pandemic. And everyone was told to stay at home, to stay at home. And one guy decided he wanted to go to the mikveh. He went to the mikveh and died. He died in the mikveh. He died that him going to the mikveh in the end killed him. So just because you do a mitzvah doesn't protect you in a pandemic. And the way the mystics explain it is at times of catastrophe, when this catastrophe, when the angel of death's on the street, stay in the house. The, 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 maybe it's a good month. It could be the month of Nisan or the month of Adar. It's not going to help you if there's the angel of death surrounds with free rain, God forbid. Now, well, let's hope that this pandemic, hopefully, is please got over. And the fact that it's now quieting down so much now in Israel and England, to them, especially Israel, because Israel is the origin of spiritual reality. So hopefully very soon in, in the whole world, we're going to see the, the end to it, please, God. And that, that nega will turn to onig. But my, and even my father, for example, will be another great explanation of, but when it's his case, we all have an end time. So, so when he has an end time, like he got ill actually uh, four years ago and he was very ill and, and, with, and he got better. His first chemo actually worked and he had three extra years. But then in the month of ER, he passed away because that's his time. So even though it's his time, the month of healing only helps those that are 
potentially able to receive healing. You know, if it's your time, it's your time. That's what I'm trying to share with you. So Mazalot works to an extent, kind of all things being equal, but there are exceptional circumstances like a pandemic or like, for example, with your time. So I'll give you another example. Rabbi Akiva had a daughter, an astrologist, and her horoscope was on her wedding day, she was going to die. What do you do? As a rabbi, the most important thing you want is your daughter to get married, but on the other hand, on the day she's going to die, but we don't believe in the horoscopes because Hashem's in control and we can do tshuva and things can change. So she got married. And the Talmud says, the day she entered her bridal chamber, she was told by an astrologer, the snake will bite her and she will die. But Rabbi Kiba was worried. But on the other hand, you've got to marry your daughter. So on that day of her wedding, she took off a brooch and stuck it in the wall. And the Gemara says it happened that when she did so, the needle lodged in the eye of a snake, killing it. In the morning, when she took the brooch out of the wall, the dead snake followed, stuck fast to the brooch. Upon which her father said to Rabbi Kiva, the great Rabbi Kiva said to her, Marvadata, what have you done to be worthy of such a close escape? Amrulay, she said to him, Befania osa in In the afternoon, a pauper came and called out from the doorway, but everyone was busy at the wedding banquet, and no one heard him. So I stood up and gave him my portion that had been given to me, and I gave it to him. She gave him her wedding meal. Rabbi Kiva said, Ah, oh, you did stalker, stalker, tatzil mimoves, charity saves from death. So again, what we see, my friends, is that. We're not constrained. We're not constrained by our mazal. Kindness can change the mazal. Prayer can change the mazal. Then the Gemara in Shabbat, page 156a, says the following. If you're born again, have a look at this. If you know the day of the week you were born. Have you worked out the day of the week you were born? And I think it was an old nursery rhyme that was stolen from this Talmud. Obviously, the Talmud came before the student for the nursery rhyme, but the, the, the nursery rhyme is obviously taken from this Gemara in page 156 in Shabbat. If you want to check it out, it says the following. On Sunday, are you ready? Anyone born on a Sunday? The Gemara says it's a kind of all good, all bad mentality. Black and white character, light and dark created. Hashem created light and dark that day. Two extremes. On Monday, the Gemara says people born on that day can be fiery and prone to anger, a division of the waters. Tuesday, and by the way, it's a, it's a jackpot if you're Tuesday and Venus, because Tuesday is good for money and Venus is good for money. So anyone of, of you who are there, which is Venus and a Tuesday, if you can help me and, and Anton with our charities, it'll be really much obliged, right? So Tuesday, wealthy and multifaceted herbage is created on Tuesday. Wednesday is wise and radiant. The luminaries are created. So again, everything's paralleling of how Hashem made the world. What was created on an every day of the world can give you a clue to the energy and the mazal of that day. Thursday, kindness. Fish and birds are created. Hashem supports and sustains them easily. Friday, hungry for everything, material and spiritual. And Shabbos, that's maybe the best day to be born. The tzedek, the tzaddikim often are born on Shabbos. Holy and great. In fact, some people who are born on Shabbat die on Shabbat. It's a day to, to, to come into this world and leave this world for, for, the, for the holy of the holies. Okay, so now let's go into, again, a little bit of what each month means, and then we'll do some readings, if that's all right. Here we go. Nissan. Any of you who is an Aries or Nissan? The planet is Mars, is the, uh, the overall planet. The ram is the symbol. 
And the, the mystics explain they're normally very positive. The positive aspects, so I say, of that month is dynamic, direct, positive, leadership personality type, strength. The negative personality type can be kind of like have that. In other words, again, everything can be used for good from the Yitzhatov, or the Yitzhahara is going to take, the evil inclination is going to go and take. And Motzei Shabbat Ariella is kind of Sunday. But maybe I'll give you a little bit of Shabbat, close to Shabbat. So if you're Motsu Shabbat, that means super duper holy for me. Right? So Lisa and, and Ariella, two holy people born on Saturday night. So uh, again, I said Malava Malka, it's, it's very holy Saturday night. That's the time when the food you eat on Saturday night connects to the Luzbone for the resurrection of the dead. It's a very holy night. It's the night that King David talks a lot about Malava Malka. So I'm sure it's super holy, but I do have to say it's still Sunday-ish. Right? You know, I, I can't call it Shabbos. Unless they haven't taken out Shabbos yet. You know, many Sadiqim keep, keep on Saturday night, it's still Shabbos. So maybe it depends. But if your parents still were keeping Shabbos then, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give you a little bit half of Shabbos. Anyway, the, the negative signs of Aries, they're jealous. They can be competitive, destructive, domineering. Because again, it's a very powerful, it's like a, it's like a car. If someone's been given a Ferrari. You can, you, can, you can have some great, beautiful, smooth rides with it, but you could do a lot of damage with it if, you, if you're reckless with it. It's, it's like a very high engine, Nissan. Um, and by the way, the energy, the spiritual work is to reverse the negative Aries by the energy of Pesach. That's the idea of the Korban Pesach. The sacrificial lamb is actually shechting the negative sign of that zodiac. In fact, the Egyptians worshipped the zodiac, which again, maybe we get the mistake that we're not into the zodiac because obviously we shouldn't worship the zodiac. That's called idolatry. We're not into idolatry, I hope. Right? We're into just Hashem. But the way Hashem makes the world and runs the world is via the Mazalot. But we can't, God forbid, pray to the Mazalot. That's idolatry. You can't, that's why you go to an astrologer and you believe too much in what he's saying. You're kind of believing in the Mazal as opposed to believing in Hashem. That's a type of idolatry. So let's not do that. Next one, ER, Taurus, the bull, Earth and Venus. It's all connected to ER. The positive, they're headstrong, thoughtful, determined, loyal, stable, Negative is can, there can be a little bit selfish, aloof, self-indulgent, stubborn. That's how to use it in a negative way. The spiritual work is the bulwark, is the introspection, is the growth, is the climbing up the hill. Next, Sivan, which is, which is Shavuot, Gemini, twins, Mercury. The positive, they're adaptable, explosive, good friends, clever, travel plays a big part. Negative, they can be wishy-washy, critical complainers. Spiritual work. Unity, friendship, acceptance. If you want a good friend, if you want a good friend in life, find someone who's a Gemini. They're the best friends. Amazing at friendship. Once you're friends with a Gemini, you're friend forever. Tamas, which is my month, is a Cancer. That's a very sensitive sign. They can be very sensitive. Often many Cancerians are rabbis, doctors, therapists, because there's a huge empathy gene going on. They like home life. But then, like anything, you can be ultra-sensitive, and therefore people can be, can be you know, too easily stressed, etc., etc. Because then if you're, uh, if you're using sensitivity in the incorrect way, that's very dangerous. Leo, of any of you are Leos, that's, that people, you know, they love looking at themselves in the mirror sometimes. Very proud. They're like lions. Sometimes they'll look like a lion. It's very interesting, people who are Leos. 
that they're strong, honorable, creative, dignified, self-confident. The Gemara says that Mashiach is going to be born in the month of Av, whatever that means. Elul, Virgo, Mercury. If any of you used to watch Star Wars, Spock was a good example of someone who embodied Virgo, who's like a computer brain. He's just like everything. Some people in life, they're just they're like a computer. Not a lot of heart, amazing brain. That's often very much Elul. That's very much Elul. Then Tishri is Libra. It's the scales, by the way. The sign of, of Libra is the scales, which is really Hashem balancing. Hashem balancing um, the, 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 the merits and the, the Sriot, right? The mitzvahs and the Averis. And that's why people who are born in Libra often... They're great at making lists. I don't know if any of you are Libra. They love, love, love making lists, but they actually can't make decisions. They're really rubbish at making decisions. They're great at making lists. They're good at doing the weighing, but not so good at making the decisions. Then we have Cheshvan. We have Scorpio, which is spiritually charged, all-embracive, subservient, transformed quickly. They, they're determined. They love truth. The problem is, again, it's a very, um, they can be, like if you upset someone who's Scorpio, they'll remember it forever. Never forget, literally, 50 years later, 60 years later, they'll still remember the, the moment, what you were wearing when you hurt them. That's the sting of the, of the scorpion sometimes. And by the way, the, that was the flood of Noah during that month. Kislev is Sagittarius, the fire sign. People who were born in that time, optimistic, social, lucky, enthusiastic, self-confident. The negative can be a bit arrogant, careless, risky, gambling. It's amazing. If you speak to um, Gamblers Anonymous, the very disproportionate amount of them are during Sagittarius. Tethet. Is Capricorn, Earth sign. They're practical, self-disciplined, deep understanding, but they can be a bit too cold, a bit too secluded. Find then Shabbat, which is Aquarius. They love to travel. They, they really love to travel. The negative, they can be again a bit rebellious. And finally, Adar is Pisces, fish. They are my, my chameleons, best actors, people. You know, there was the Oscars last night. Often people who win the most Oscars are actors from Pisces. They're amazing actors, very interesting. Piscean's a fantastic act. You never know where you are with a Piscean. They can act incredibly, incredibly. It's a water sign. And on, on, on a deep level, it's a lot of joy. There's a lot of joy and a lot of happiness. And that's really the energy of the Purim story, which is during that. So in short, that is the Jewish view of, of the Zodiac, which is essentially Hashem funnels in energy to you. He funnels in bounty to you, but then it's up to you what you do with it. You definitely don't pray to the Zodiac, that's idolatry, but you can pray for good mazal. You say, Hashem, please help us have better mazal. And Hashem will say, yeah, but you need to do better as well. So then it becomes a partnership of you doing better. So please, God. So you need to be sometimes aware, maybe you've had a bad month. Sometimes just like hang in there. And then the next month, there's a shift. There's always a shift. Every Rosh Chodesh, there's a shift. And it's up to you to try and tap in, understand, and maybe... Ask me what the letters of Hashem's name are that month, because that will make a difference to the energy funneling in, tunneling in to you that month. So I wish you all tremendous mazal. I wish you all um, really, really good mazal.